Life happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Four minutes after two o'clock and thank you so much for staying with us now. We know that the COVID-19 pandemic has affected many, many industries. One uh, that has concerned me quite a bit that I don't think we've given enough attention, certainly not me, is the mining industry because of its complexities and the issues that they've had over time, specifically from the very first time lockdown was announced. Uh, There were lots of conversations around why they are still deemed essential services and so on. Um, What has become also concerning is just what I'm seeing, the different sides of both the mine workers uh, represented by unions and the mine bosses themselves. It does concern me, I must be honest, that I think that relationship has become and, and, and hasn't improved over time. It concerns me because part of the belly of this country's economy is in mining. And the hostilities that I see do worry me. Um, case in point was on Friday where uh, miners were out outside their, 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 their employers' facilities. And, and I'm just not sure what's the problem. So I've got experts who are going to try and help us all understand this environment a little bit better. But essentially, instead of... Uh, you know, what I would consider to be a decent conversation between the employer and the employees. Again, we saw police being brought in. We saw, you know, rubber bullets and so on. It just for me seems like, you know, we take 10 steps forward and then a couple of steps back. So let me just speak to people who can enlighten us a little bit more and, and give us a better understanding of where are we sitting right now? with the mining industry, particularly because it's so important in this economy. Dr. Uh, Tutula Balfo, who is a head of health at the Minerals Council of South Africa, joins us on the line. And uh, thank you so much, Doc, for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Pamela, and afternoon to the listeners. Dr. Balfour, from from where you you sit and the responsibilities and your mandate as the Minerals Council of South Africa, what are your concerns at the moment? Um, I would say uh, I've heard your intro, you know, regarding the some uh, sort of problems between uh, mine workers and employers, and I would say actually that is uh, in very few instances. At the moment, uh, the epidemic in the mining industry is still fairly well controlled, and uh, we are having very good discussions, you know, both employers, employees, and the state through Mine Health and Safety Council. We are trying to finalize uh, the required uh, protocol or the guideline uh, on uh, the management of COVID in the mining industry as was determined by the court. We did have something in place before then, but it was uh, not, it was a guidance, not a guideline. So I would say mostly uh, in in our experience, things are still going fairly well. The mines are, most of them are quite well prepared. Uh, And so, uh, as I was saying, it's the odd cases, the few cases where you have instances of that nature which, of course, need to be addressed because I think you need very high levels of trust, you know, between employees and employers at this stage. And, in fact, the whole epidemic requires that as South Africans we pull together 
you know, public sector, private sector. It's the type of epidemic where it's not one sector of mm. this population that can deal with it, you know, adequately. We all need to be pulling together. And so it is a time where even employers and employees across, you know, all sectors have to be pulling together, assuring employees regarding any fears that they might have ensuring that they have got all of the protection, the PPE, you know, that is how we're supposed to go through this epidemic, which is going to be with us for some time. Let me also introduce Shabir Ahmed, who is Industry Advisor for Mining at SAP Africa, just to join the conversation. Shabir, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Uh, Thank you very much. A pleasure to join you on the show. Mr. Ahmed, do you concur with what we've just heard from Dr. Balfour? Yes, I think generally, um, you know, I would concur um, with the doctor. What we are seeing, you know, in the mining industry at large, uh, um, initially during the 21-day period of the lockdown, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, around um, what the future of this, uh, you know, industry would be, how long it would actually last. Uh, and so on. And and I think that has largely also been, uh, you know, the cause of um, the industry not really being very well prepared to deal with with a crisis of this nature. Uh, Obviously, mining companies are not, uh, you know, no strangers to dealing with volatility in the industry. They deal with this almost on a day-to-day basis. But uh, uh, the fact that uh, a crisis um, you know, the scale of COVID-19 has brought with it totally new challenges that uh, mining companies, you know, have never experienced uh, before. I mean, we have obviously seen the mining industry uh, cope, uh, you know, under uh, previous, you know, um, uh, situations with HIV uh, with TB and dealing with those types of, uh, you know, health crises, you know, but with COVID-19, you know, it has brought entirely, uh, you know, new sets, uh, uh, you know, sets of challenges that the mining industry hasn't experienced. Uh, and, you know, that also largely has, uh, you know, shaped the way uh, the industry and communities as at large, you know, are actually, are actually responding. Uh, what I might add also, uh, given that there's so much of uncertainty, you know, uh, around this with mines, uh, you know, even uh, having uh, initially committed to paying, uh, you know, uh, the salaries and wages of their staff in the initial period of the lockdown. Yes. Uh, but, you know, that's not the case anymore because, you know, a lot of these mines are experiencing immense financial stress. Uh, Some of these mines are now, you know, looking at other options. Uh, They're laying off, uh, you know, non-essential staff. They're already operating at uh, drastically reduced capacities. So people are actually concerned for, you know, for their livelihoods. And that is also, uh, you know, playing into this this, uh, conversation is... uh, you know, uh, the workers are not really certain, uh, you know, as to how long this is actually going to last. The mining organizations themselves are not certain. 
Uh, and around this uncertainty, there is a tendency, you know, for panic to actually set mm. in. And this is also, you know, the cause uh, for a lot of the disruption that we see. So then, Dr. Balfour, what are your concerns? I mean, I, I, I hear exactly where you're coming from when you say these are uh, actually fewer incidences that I've reported on where there is hostility. But what I have also picked up on, um, just from especially what uh, Ahmed was just saying, Mr. Ahmed was saying, is that do we have enough stakeholder engagements with other partners? In other words, I understood, for instance, that part of the issue was not so much that these these workers were not paid, is that the process of, of claiming that money from UIF has become so long that the money hasn't come through and therefore they're not getting paid. Could, could we not have better coordination in making sure that the industry still survives this very difficult time? Dr. Balfour? Um. If we introduce something, you know, regarding wages, mm. which is not really my uh, okay. uh, area of expertise, but uh, definitely it's quite true that there have been, especially initially, the UIF did struggle to pay people, you know, because of the sheer volume of people who had to be processed. But my understanding is that things are improving. They now have an automated system, you know, at UIF for paying and so it looks like the payments are now starting to come through and you are right you know if people know they've been paying UIF for years then you know they expect that their money should come through in in a, a, a good time so that type of uncertainty would definitely you know also lead to a lot of strife because you're talking about people who have had income, you know, before, and now suddenly maybe they don't have that income and they are waiting to get uh, their payouts from the UIF. So, uh, and companies are different. Some manage to continue to pay employees, but uh, with others, you know, it was just not affordable, and therefore they had to depend on the UIF. But as I say, my information on this is that things are improving regarding the payouts from the UIF. So so then back to my question, from everything that you know about the industry at this point in time, yeah. what are your concerns? Um, my concerns are the fact that, you know, mining does lead to congregate settings, mm. uh, which is why, for instance, uh, we had to fight very hard to ensure that we try to reduce levels of TB because people in their transport modes, let's say going down into the mine, they can be in very close proximity to each other. So the concern was how do we ensure that there is no transmission, you know. And what we have done, which thus far seems to be working, and with time we'll see if it does, uh, uh, you know, uh, continue to work, is we adopted a very uh, administrative processes so that you reduce even the number of people you know that you go to, you take down at any one time and most importantly we have adopted the principle that we should use face masks you know for our employees in areas where you cannot identify them mm-hmm. and for instance in south africa the department is insisting that we all use gloss masks yes now gloss masks are not as effective as face masks mm-hmm. which is why we felt in our environment you know which is 
um, a daily uh, group of people who are in close proximity at some point to each other. Let's take maximum sort of uh, protection to ensure that there is no transmission. So I guess the concern is what we have put in place, yeah. is it going to work, mm. you know? And um, and as I said, there's a lot we have put in, you know, the sanitizers, the hygiene, education, uh, all of that. And uh, I think it's more about, you know, that and then the daily monitoring, you know, temperature, mm. questionnaire. Uh, and actually, it does help a few people who were coming back from lockdown. Yes. You know, they were picked up through screening that, uh, you know, their temperatures were slightly high and uh, they would then be tested and were found to be positive. So we are also at least uh, um, uh, encouraged that thus far, we have had cases, but we haven't had secondary cases from, you know, those that were primary cases. And so we haven't had transmission from the one person to another one within the mind. And that is our greatest, uh, you know, concern. Once you have transmission, let's say, within a group of people, yes. you know, then it's a cause for uh, alarm because it means some of our systems then would have been breached. And, you know, as you have seen with some hospitals, you know, uh, you sometimes need to stop that section and you uh, go start all over again, the education, the sanitization, the protection, and um, as I said, you know, we are still going to the winter season yeah. where there'll be, there's going to be serious transmission of the disease you know, in the country. And, and so and, we hope we will through. And Dr. Balfour, I mean, as we spoke to a specialist just now who says there is absolutely no test that is foolproof. So it's not even something that you can do anything about. What what I'm concerned about, and I'll, I'll give you a minute to think about it, uh, Mr. Ahmed, is the fact that, you know, we now see uh, chrome mine in Limpopo, which suspended production because a worker was, was tested positive. You know, it, it kind of worries me what what will be our um, reaction to those who do get ill, because I am sure we're definitely going to pick up cases. But when we suspend a mine's production like this, what what are the processes that we have in place? How long will this be the, the, the case? And, and what does it mean to all the other mines that are out there? But I'll give you a moment to think about that. And I will also open the lines on 891 207 SAFM 105.7 FM in Cape Town. 20 minutes after 2 o'clock, we are discussing the state of mining during coronavirus times. And my conversation is uh, with two people, uh, Dr. Tutula Balfo, who is Head of Health at the Minerals Council of South Africa. And I'm also in conversation with Shabir Ahmed, who is Industry Advisor for Mining at SAP Africa. Before we went to the break, I was asking you, Mr. Ahmed, you you know, your thoughts, because uh, we've already seen one mine which has had to suspend its operation because there was a case there, it kind of gives me a slight sense of anxiety when I think about, well, well, how many will have to shut down? Because it's quite clear from all the experts, it's not as if we're not going to get these cases. The cases are going to be there. How, how, how well are we going to manage 
um, you know, production and and the ca- the fact that the case arises and and is this is this the kind of trend we're going to see where when there is a case, then operations will have to stop? Yes, certainly that is a concern, um, and you know, as you are aware, um, you know, all the experts um, have actually predicted that the the rate of infection, you know, is actually going to increase quite quite drastically as um, you know the lockdown uh, regulations are are being relaxed or being lowered from one level to another. Uh, and the mining industry specifically is a labor-intensive industry, and we can expect to see, uh, you know, the type of uh, incidents that you've just mentioned about the coal mine in Limpopo that uh, has just uh, had to shut down its operations because it has uh, detected that one of its workers, you know, was infected. And I think we should expect to see more of the same. Um Unfortunately, you know, there is no easy way that the mines can actually deal with it, um, simply because the risk, you know, of having the virus actually spread through a mining community, um, in even in a small mine, uh, you know, is, is so high that they cannot afford to take, uh, you know, any un, uh, unnecessary risks. So, the, you know, the first... Um, you know, option or the first thing that uh, these mining companies will actually do is to, to shut the mine, to shut the mine operation down, and that is initially the the right uh, you know approach, uh, primarily to safeguard uh, you know the infection being spread throughout uh, the mine to you know to other workers and to other staff, mm-hmm. and um, because you know these miners are confined in in very small uh, spaces or uh, restricted areas, mm. as the doctor had, had previously pointed out, that even uh, increases the risk even more drastically. The mining environment is not very conducive to practicing social distancing, mm. you know, and and uh, and those types of of measures. So, in so much as all of the the necessary precautions and and under the new. Uh, uh, you know, standard operating procedures that are being developed now mm. uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the hygiene requirements, uh, uh, you know, uh, all of the other uh, best practices that are being recommended. Um, you know, is that even um, is not going to be, uh, you know, a, a guarantee uh, that there won't be any infections. Um, I think as you know, uh, what could very possibly happen is that uh, in the mining environment is that if the, you know, uh, as as the uh, capacity of the mines are actually increased and the production uh, capacity is increased because more and more workers are, are returning to the mines, um, we could see that, uh, you know, uh, more cases being reported. Yeah. And hence, uh, you know, mines taking drastic decisions to to shut, uh, you know, uh, production down. But I think what needs to happen is, um, you know, if if those measures are in place, um, and if you know it is, uh, you know, it's managed um, rigorously, 
um, then, you know, we can try and isolate these cases and hopefully get the mines back uh, back to normal, uh, you know, production levels. But but that again, you know, is is something that that I would say is is not fully in within our control. Dr. Balfour, this is where I want to ask from where you guys are sitting at the Minerals Council of South Africa, your proposition because I think it's that very fine balance. Cases will definitely come up. Um, where where are you sitting and what proposals have you made in terms of managing that and also, you know, I suppose not putting the entire industry uh, at a standstill? Um, you know, we, the, the DOL, uh, Department of Employment and Labor, okay. and the DMRE, uh, you know, Mineral Resources for yes. Mining, yes. They have got uh, inspectors, and they are the ones who actually decide mm. uh, most of the time on when is it that you close. And actually, had a conversation when I saw some, you know, uh, single case uh, instances where an institution or establishment was closed. Yes. And I think what informs the the closure is when the inspectors go and they find that you have nothing in place. Okay. So even when there's one case, if they find that actually you haven't put in place any measures to prevent COVID, then they stop your operations and say, put in place all these measures. And then we'll open it because we know that you are now protecting the workers. I I think the other uh, instance is where you've got outbreaks, you know, like has happened in some of the hospitals. Mm. Then, you know, when there's an outbreak, it means there's a major failure somewhere in your infection control systems. And you actually then need to stop everything and you sanitize Mm. and you test everyone and make sure that the place is safe before you can go in. So we are hoping that we won't get to those stages. Mm. But um, almost certainly, as I say, the DMRE in each of these instances, when there is a case, they would make that evaluation, you know, of whether there's a need to shut down a section or a shaft or a mine. I'm just going to ask Vincent, thank you so much for your patience. Please ask your question as quickly as possible. Vincent is calling from Midrand. Good afternoon, Vincent. Good afternoon. Uh, my question is, we have seen uh, the very serious dynamics during the course of these 50% on the different types of mines, where mines then become prioritizing and giving production personnel, get them on, and leave all the support system that is necessary to manage those production personnel outside and getting them working from home. Now, that on its own presents a huge risk because people that are supposed to oversee things happening on day to daily are now found to be locked down elsewhere. And then you get the production people whose focus and whose main purpose is just to extract ore. Now, I think maybe we also need to reconsider the 50% to 100% just to make sure that, like, like Dr. mentioned, only if the mine function without the necessary precautions can be taken off or called off. But the mine should be allowed to run on full production with those conditions. Mm. But obviously, um, the, the main concern and the question is about, should you put a 50-50 scenario on those that are non-essential, mm-hmm. like coal mines? Mm. You're creating an environment that just enables 
people who comes like army, you know, if yes. you put it in simple terms, it's armies without generals. Yes, yes. Now they just go and do what they do. Yeah. And then they do in the manner in which they do it. It creates a risk. Because Rather it, let's consider opening it mm. and just go follow the route of, should you find, the inspectors find you without the necessary precautions, mm. therefore you've got issues. And the last point is on, if one or two is contaminated, we shouldn't be close in mind. Mm. We should be much more strategic on it. There are things like disinfections, and there are things that uh, can be done in a short space of time to actually reconcile the, the situation and get people on the ball. Because minds are really testing people before they go to work. So in instances one or two happens, it can be a matter of hours, disinfection, go run through the mind, and they still follow the same process. Otherwise, the economy on its own, it lies on mines, besides on agriculture. We do, we're doing bad. We should just think slightly above it. I, I concur with uh, doctors to say uh, there isn't much you can do about it, but let's do the best out of it. Vincent, excellent points there. I'm going to ask both of you to just think about that. I'm going to also ask for your patience as we go quickly to the headlines. There are other people who are waiting to ask questions and we'll take them as soon as we're done with the headlines. But let's just quickly go to Amanda Machaka for the very latest in headlines at 2.30. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 105.2 FM in East London. We continue our conversation around the state of mining during COVID-19. And my guests are Shabir Ahmed, Industry Advisor for Mining at SAP Africa. Dr. Tutula Balfour, who is Head of Health at the Minerals Council of South Africa. Uh, Dr. Balfour, I don't know if you want to start with the, the responding to the previous caller before we went to the headlines. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Vincent brought up a number of issues, you know, regarding uh, why don't we ramp up to 100% instead of the 50% because some of the support staff are, you know, not there. I, I think we all need to be a bit patient because government has a plan in place, you know, uh, regarding the levels at, at what stage they open. So we are now in level four where uh, 50% of underground mining can happen, 100% of open cast. And if I'm not mistaken, I think then it will be 100% of H2. So, um, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's a considered approach by government, which means they don't want to flood the system. They want gradual, uh, you know, people, gradually people go back to work and uh, they adjust. And uh, also, even for the mines, it was good that they could get the 50%, make sure they are fully educated and they know the systems, you know, for prevention before you bring on the next lot. So as much as uh, we would have all loved to just go back, you know, I think it's a question of we need to trust what government has put in place uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the, the phased opening of the economy. Shabir Ahmed, do you want to respond to that? Yes, I, I would tend to agree with, with the doctor on that point. Uh, I think it would be, um, you know, a bit short-sighted rather and also, you know, irresponsible just to uh, open the mining sector, particularly um, to its full capacity. We have to take a phased approach and we have to be extremely cautious. Um, you know, um, in in 
uh, in this first uh, phase where you know some of the mines are operating at 100% uh, capacity, the, the open cast mines, the others probably at 50%, others a little bit less. Um, you know, um, we have to be extremely cautious because this, you know, uh, pandemic is of such a nature that, uh, you know, the, the rate of infection uh, can increase drastically overnight uh, just by a few people coming into contact with each other. And the reason why, you know, inspectors have actually shut down the mines um, is primarily one is for the mines to put in the necessary uh, precautions that are there. But additionally, you know, to give them sufficient time to uh, to ensure that, you know, they can actually trace all of these these other people that, uh, you know, the infected uh, workers have been in touch with. And that itself is not, is not an easy, you know, an easy task, and it does actually take time to actually do that. So I think at this point, you know, the cautious approach is the, is the right approach. Unfortunately, it is going to have an impact on, uh, you know, on the, the economic uh, state of the mining industry. But, I mean, uh, the, the, the mining, you know, economy itself, you know, has been struggling for some for some time now. So, you know, I think uh, uh, instead of uh, aggravating the, uh, you know, the, 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 the mining sector now, um, I think it's best to take uh, the cautious approach as what, what is being followed now. All right, let's go to TQ, who's calling from Durban. Good afternoon, TQ. Good afternoon, thank you. Thanks. Go ahead, ma'am. Yeah, no, my, my, my question is, um, I just want to find out, apparently I'm a change manager in one of the big organizations, like the manufacturing organization. I don't want to mention the name. So our challenge is we've never been effective. So now they're only going to start seeing us in this COVID-19 pandemic that is taking place now. So we need to make sure that you become creative and innovative in everything that we, we are doing. So as a change in culture support service, how can you advise us going forward? Because we just had a meeting now. The executives, they want to change management plan. Thank you. All right. I'm not, I mean, I don't know who would like to respond to that, Dr. Balfour, maybe you? <laughs> um, I think uh, the gist of what I could pick up from what you is saying is they are required to advise on how do we, you know, change management mm. in this environment. And actually, that is what we all need to be doing now. You know, how do we change the way we do things? Uh, until uh, a, a few months ago, it was unthinkable that we would be working full-time, you know, from home. Mm. But actually, it's possible. So each organization needs to look at, you know, all the people that it has. Which of those people can work from home? And you will find that a lot of people can actually, with support, you know, there's meetings now. In fact, any organization which says it stopped working because of COVID, uh, sometimes you don't need to stop because you can hold meetings on Zoom, on Skype, on so many platforms, and you continue to work. So I interpreted that uh, TQ is being required to advise organizations on how they can make those changes so that work continues uh, 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 but without people being physically at the usual workplace. Of course, a few people, they work physically and therefore need to be there. And in that case, you need to say, how do you bring them in, in shifts sometimes, 
Uh, how do you change the work environment so that there is spacing, uh, you know, and, and people are not close together and all the other things that, you know, are about the prevention of infection. So I would say at this time, it's a very good time for change managers to be really providing that advice to organizations on how to reconfigure uh, they are, uh, the way they do things, uh, the physical space, uh, so that, you know, they can work through uh, this period where we have the epidemic. Because, again, we don't know when, you know, it will be safe enough. And so companies need to, planning for, to be planning for the long term, uh, minimum six months. What if we are in this for six months? What is it that we must change that can make it possible for us to continue working? So it's quite critical, in fact, to be doing change management at present. Dr. Tutula Balfour, thank you so much for your insights. I really appreciate the time you've given us, Head of Health at the Minerals Council of South Africa. Also, I want to appreciate my other guest, Shabir Ahmed, for being a part of this conversation, Industry Advisor for Mining at SAP Africa.